You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. Where there is no current word from God, the people perish. And I believe that God's word is living. And I believe that God's word is powerful. And it makes you come alive. Amen. It is current and it is relevant. It is not just an old archaic history book. Amen. That we should just discard and throw away. It's not so antiquated that we got all the use out of it that we're going to get. Because if you read that book, that book will begin to read you. In Proverbs, we read that the heart of man plans his course, but the Lord guides his feet. Unfortunately, many of us often assume that the guidance of the Lord is passive and requires little to no effort on our end. However, as Pastor Gary will teach you in his message today, in order for the Lord to truly guide us, we must actively seek Him through His Word and prayer. In his study, you'll learn how God's Word plays a heavy role in both revealing our flaws and shaping us into the likeness of His Son. Now here's Pastor Gary in Nehemiah chapter 2 as he continues his message, Let us rise up and build. The old paths that we need is not what happened back in the 60s or 50s or 40s, but what happened before the foundation of the world when God laid the word down before he ever created man so that when he created man, man would have his word. That's the old paths we need to seek after, what God said from the beginning that all of us have strayed away from. Get back in that book. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble now. And call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure. By the way, why do Christians sometimes, the only day they can find to go fishing is on Sunday? (laughs) Amen. Amen. You need to be at the house of God fishing for a word that'll feed your, your parched and dry soul. Amen. Amen. Nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, right? Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places. Listen, you can't provide nothing for yourself that God can't provide better for you. You can go ahead and do your fishing on Sunday and live it up and enjoy your bass boat and neglect the house of God. And one day you'll be calling the preacher, asking them to pray your kid uh, out of some bad situation and praying that God will help him be delivered from drugs and alcohol because you didn't care enough to raise him in the house of God around an old man of God that loved him enough to tell him to stay away from their sin. Amen. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. That's a spiritual heritage. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God said, in other words, God can bring it all back. God can bring back what was lost. America don't have to settle for what is. We can repent and turn to God and God can restore what was lost. And I know there's some things that will never be able to change. But I'm telling you, God is a God of restoration. And God does things in ways that we can't even explain. All I know to tell you is if we'll turn wholeheartedly back to God, God will turn wholeheartedly back to us. God answers sincere prayers. Amen. 
Number four, there must be a vision. Now, I know that that seems like it's out of order, but it ain't. It ain't. Because I want, what I wanted to say is the reason a lot of people don't do for God is because people don't have a vision to do for God. Look at this verse, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Okay, let's, let's stay right there for a minute. Where there is no vision. In the Old Testament, often the word vision was synonymous with a word from God. When it said in one passage there was no open vision, everyone did that which was right in their own, own eyes. What they meant by that, that there was no current prophet speaking a word from the Lord in that moment in time. There's no open vision, no current prophecy. Where there's no vision, where there's no word from God. Now that's the deeper meaning. Now I know that we apply, and it can be applied with being visionary and all that. But we don't have a vision if we don't capture God's vision. We're just blind. We call it vision, but we're blind when we don't include God in our plans. Where there's no vision, where there's no current word from God, the people perish. And I believe that God's word is living. And I believe that God's word is powerful. And it makes you come alive. Amen. It is current and it is relevant. It is not just an old archaic history book. Amen. That we should just discard and throw away. It's not so antiquated that we got all the use out of it that we're going to get. Because if you read that book, that book will begin to read you. Amen. If you read that book, God, the Holy Spirit, will begin to speak to your soul and your heart. And God will begin to give you the vision that he has for your life. And if you don't get that, you will perish just like everybody else. Because you were not created to live a life separated from your creator. Sin is what separated you. God came to remedy that problem so that he can fill your life with hope and purpose and meaning. Amen. And it's time that we junk our own vision of our life and begin to find out what God is currently saying to us. And then it says, but he that keepeth the law, the word of God, happy is he. And see, that's one of the lies, fellas, ladies and gents, that this world will tell you that uh, it's not cool to go to church. It's not hip, whatever the modern word is they use. Amen. Those are archaic, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's, not, it's not popular to fit in with that church crowd. Some of you t- uh, embarrassed. You're hoping nobody sees you at the church when you walk out when I dismiss. Oh, I don't hope that my friends don't see me over here. I don't want them to label me. I hope they label you. It do you some good, amen. Listen, you want you want to be labeled with a bunch of heathen that don't know God. You want to be labeled with the one that can save your soul, amen. amen. Listen, we're going to have to quit worrying about. We're going to have to take uh, divorce ourselves from public opinion because he that keeps the law is the one that's happy. You're not going to be happy fulfilling the lust of this life. You're not going to be find happiness at the bottom of a bottle. You're not going to find happiness shooting it up or snorting. You're not going to find happiness in a, a, in a human relationship. Amen. You're going to find happiness when the, the Prince of Peace uh, redeems your soul and, for, and fills you with the Spirit and gives you hope from beyond. That's when you're going to find true happiness. 
And the king said in the midst of Nehemiah 2. Now we're back in Nehemiah. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. But this is the way the Lord gave it to me. Amen. This is what the preachers call topical preaching. And most preachers criticize this style of preaching. They're afraid I'm going to get off on my doctrine because I'm not staying in the same patches and staying linear with it. But anyway, Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 6. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me. This is the word I want you to say. I set him a time. I set him a time. In other words, he got a plan of action together. He told the king, this is when I need it done. This is what I'm going to do, and it'll be done by such and such a day. And churches are real good about talking about all the things we should do. And I commend you for that. We all do it, don't we? But we're not quite as good about writing a plan down and following through with it. You got to plan your work, but then you got to work your plan. Amen. How many, how many uh, ministries are in the graveyard of ideas right now? And whose fault is that? When we begin to assume personal responsibility for our personal ministry, we'll quit blaming everybody else for our lack of commitment to the cause of Christ. See, if I love Jesus like I'm supposed to love Jesus, I'll come to church and I'll even, if I have to, sit on the same pew as a person I don't like. Amen. If I have to, to get to Jesus. Because I'm not coming to impress you or to please you or to even win you. I'm coming to worship my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords. And I'm coming to get my next assignment. I'm coming to say, Lord, what do you have for me today? And what can I do this week to draw closer to you, to be more effective for you? And if you will make it about Jesus and not about other people, there can't be a devil strong enough in the church to keep you from coming back to the same place that devil goes to church with you at. Amen. Not to say there's any devils in here. I'm sure we're all angels. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But listen, let's go to the next point now. I want to say this. God could double our attendance in one year or less through our participation in his work to reach the lost of this community. Notice how I phrase that. Uh, the, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. That's a, that's a, that's a, I don't have that verse, but I'm quoting it. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Now, who's building, the Lord or they? The Lord's building, they're laboring. All right? You know what that tells me? We're both working. And I know we like to get super spiritual, and we like to say, well, God did it all. Amen. But the truth is, He used you. Amen. And he used me. And, and God's chosen to use the human instrument by which to give himself glory. God sovereignly chose to use you, sir, you, ma'am, in his service for the Lord. And so that does, it does, it's not saying that, if, 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 uh, that God can't operate without us, but it is saying that God don't want to operate without us. That's not his original plan. 
And there's some things that God sovereignly chooses to override regardless of our stupidity, amen? Regardless of our inadequacy, regardless of our struggles or inability, whatever. But there's some things that God simply will not do without our participation. And some of us expect the church to just uh, grow and blossom because the Lord's doing everything. But listen, God's going to ask you to play a part. You may be holding a key to revival that unlocks the power of God for the next generation right here at this church. Just by your willingness to say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Amen. I'm talking about let us rise up and build. We're going to have to have a willingness, ain't we? We're going to have to have a vision. Lastly, we must be filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. I cannot emphasize this enough. And uh, I want to say this, that for whatever reason, and I'm sure there are many, a lot of churches are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit of God. We don't want to preach too much on it or shout too much about it because we don't want to be labeled charismatic. We don't want to be labeled, I don't want them to think I'm a holy roller. Right? Am I telling the true church? We act so afraid of the third person of the Trinity, which is a pretty big deal. We ought to know more about them. We ought, we ought to study about them. We ought to seek to be filled with them. Amen? And we must be filled with and led by the Spirit. Now watch what the Bible says in Acts eight. But ye... And Jesus, this was Jesus speaking to his disciples, but it can be applied to us today. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Stop right there. The Holy Spirit is sent to give you power to do the work that God has called you to do. For no other reason. To lift Jesus up. Of course, he points people to Jesus, but he's going to do it by giving you power to tell them about Jesus. That's the, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me put it to you this way. If you go out in the parking lot and somebody stole your gas out of your gas tank while we was having church, and you go to try to, and I hope they didn't, amen, <laughs> and you go to try to crank your vehicle, if there's no gas in the tank, your vehicle's not going to crank. There's no power source, right? If a Christian is not filled with the Spirit of God, if you're on empty, there's no power source. You can do stuff in the energy of the flesh and never get much of anything done. That's why churches can exist for a hundred years and never win one convert, never baptize one person. Because they're not operating under the, uh, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. They're operating in the energy of the flesh. And the energy of the flesh does not have the power to do the works of God. Amen. And you shall be, here's, here's the consequence of the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. You shall be what? Witnesses unto me. All right, you want to know what the results of being filled with the Spirit are? You'll be telling people about Jesus. And if we're not telling people about Jesus, there's only one reason for that. We're either lost or we're, or we're saved, but we're carnal and we're not filled with the Spirit. Because I said, the Bible said, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. So think about this for a minute. And I'm still preaching, but I'm doing a little teaching too. He said, you'll be witnesses. 
and their whole denominations that built entire doctrines out of trying to lead people to believe that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is speaking in an unknown tongue. I want to say unto you that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is speaking to a known tongue, the known gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he can give you the power to preach to a, a people group that you did not naturally acquire their language. I believe that's very much what happened on the day of Pentecost. People heard them preaching in their own language. That was a miraculous event. But notice the principal matter was that others would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own language. And there's whole denominations so worried over the fact I've preached in Pentecostal churches that couldn't quite, they liked me good enough to preach me, but not enough to really put their sanction on me because they never heard me publicly speak in tongues. The whole time I'm preaching more Jesus than I preached anywhere. And I was anointed to do it. And that's what attracted them to me was they saw that anointing on me. They didn't understand how come this Baptist preacher sound like a Pentecostal, but he don't speak in tongues. It's because being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, God's more interested in speaking to you in a language that you can understand that will wreck your world and change your life than, you can, uh, than he is you coming to church and claiming to have some experience that you neither understood nor could appreciate. Yeah, amen. Now. That being said, I'm not knocking any of my brothers or sisters or, that are in other denominations. And I'm not saying that the gift of tongues doesn't necessarily have its place. We can have another class for that for another day. But my point is this. Sometimes we miss the boat. God wants Jesus exclaimed to all the world however, whatever, by whatever means possible. And he wants to fill you with the Spirit of God so that you'll have the boldness to do so. That's what it's about. Amen. And in all, and that's why Paul said, and I've got to say this and I'll move on. That's why Paul said, I'd rather speak to you in five words of understanding. Didn't he say that? Then I forget how many and not understand. In other words, most people today don't have a problem with what they didn't understand at church. They have a problem with what they understood. Amen. And if you have a problem with this kind of preaching, rewind it tomorrow and, it, and hit play again. It'll say the exact same thing I said today, amen, when it was recorded. And if you read this Bible, it'll say exactly the same thing again. And the trouble is we don't want to bow and bend to the leadership of the Spirit of God in our lives. You remember when Peter was in hiding? He was afraid for his life after he denied the Lord three times, didn't even have enough courage to speak and say, yeah, I'm one of them. Now, what changed between then and then when, uh, when the historians tell us that Peter was uh, so humbled to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord that he said, boys, I got a request. I want you to hang me upside down because I'm not even worthy to be crucified in the same fashion as Jesus. Now, this is the same Peter that was afraid to mention Jesus' name early on in his ministry the night Jesus was crucified. What made the difference? It was the feeling of the Holy Spirit of God. What gave Peter the boldness to preach to that crowd and tell them, you're the ones that crucified the risen Lord? What gave Stephen the boldness to preach to a crowd that was throwing rocks at him the whole time he was preaching till he looked up into the heavens and Jesus stood and received him in the glory and he fell asleep in his arms? 
What filled uh, John the Baptist? Uh, what caused him to be able to preach uh, to, to the king of that time and tell him he was living in adultery and he needed to repent and get right with God and it cost him his life? What causes these Christians around the world today and other parts of the world that might soon come to America, by the way, that give their very life for the cause of Christ under a communist regime that says either recant or you will be killed? I'm telling you, the church of America is shallow. I'm afraid that we don't have enough feeling of the Spirit of God to resist such an onslaught of attack. I mean, we, we get offended if somebody didn't call us on our birthday. Amen. And yet here are Christians around the world uh, that are being told that if you don't repent, uh, we'll rape your wife in front of you. And they're going through all kinds of torture and they're still refusing to reject the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you the difference maker is being filled with the Holy Ghost of God and as long as we're filled with this world there's no room for him you know what you're going to have to do to get filled you're going to have to empty yourself you're going to have to empty yourself before God Almighty and say, God, I'm filled with lust. I'm filled with sin. I'm filled with wicked and vain imagination. I'm filled with my desires and my wants. I'm filled with hatred and strife. I'm, I'm filled with uh, racism. I'm, I'm filled with all kinds of fear. Lord, I'm coming to the cross to be cleansed. And I'm coming to the cross that you would take that away and replace it with yourself. And what happens then is we'll be witnesses everywhere we go. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. There'll be no limit to where you'll take the gospel when the Holy Spirit fills you up. Amen. And we'll bring it to a close. The key to building a church is building the people. Let's build one another up. And let's build up our community under the leadership of of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. And I want to ask you a question. Personally, don't have to raise your hand or anything. Where can you get involved that you're not? Some of you got a beautiful singing voice. You need to use that talent for the Lord. Get in the choir, do a special. Amen. Coddles ain't the only ones that can sing around here. Somebody needs to step up. What about personal soul winning? What about visitation at the church? What about... Starting a follow-up ministry. If you notice somebody missing, call them up. Pray for them. Find out why they're gone. Amen. Add them to the prayer list. What about a ministry of restoration? We're good about stepping on people when they make a mistake. But where's that spiritual brother that'll come alongside them and say, Hey, if it weren't for the grace of God, I made the same mistake. How can, we, how can I help you get up out of this mess and let's get going again? Ministry of restoration. What about the grounds crew? What about youth ministry? What about missions? Here's what we want to do. We want to pray and ask God for direction. And then once he starts speaking, we want to plan it out. You're going to see some things over the next few weeks and months if God will give us permission and lead us. The th things we're going to implement, things we're going to need some volunteers for. We're going to have ways in which you can make, make yourself available as a volunteer for any sort of ministry that you feel stirred towards. Amen. And we just need a church uh, that's willing and able to do whatever it is the sort Lord says we need to do. Amen. And, and so I'm, I'm eager and I'm excited. And I say unto you, church, let us rise up and build. But I'm going to say it to you right now. I can't do it by myself. And I don't think you ever expected me to. Thank God for those of you that have already showed that you're involved. But we're recruiting help. 
Amen. If, if I could, if there is one more person today that's been sitting on the sidelines, that's been disengaged, that will step up and say, you know what, it's time I get back in the fight. I'd be a happy camper. Amen. Uh, if there was just one, but what if there were 10 that said, you know what, uh, I've been kind of uh, cruising on easy street and I've just been showing up, but I've not been helping. I've not been tithing. I've not been giving. I've not been doing much of anything. And there is some things I can do. And I really got more time. If I were to be honest, I pretend like I'm too busy. But the real excuse is I just don't want to do it, amen. Just not willing. And what if the Holy Spirit were to change your heart today? How different would this church look a year from now if everybody, and I do mean everybody, did their part? You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, garycottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. We'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way. And if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Connell Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.